painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. From paintings to prints, from woodwork to writing, there is no limit to what art you can find at the Winona Art Walk. Hosted across the city of Winona, several local artists came to share the unique mediums and styles. On today's Art Beat, we get to speak with some of these local artists and hear about their works, styles, struggles, and more. Join us as we get a peek at Winona's local art scene on today's Art Beat. Our first artist down the Winona Art Walk is local artist Margarita Bauman, with a form of art that is not only appealing to the eye, but is also soft to the touch. I'm currently here with local artist Margarita Bauman. Can you tell us what your work here is today? Well, I like to do fiber arts, and I knit, crochet, and do all kinds of things with fiber, uh, even paper, origami, or such. Well, what, what got you into the fiber? Well, I grew up in Germany, and starting in first grade in school, we learned how to crochet, to knit, to do all those kind of things up to 10th grade. And every year we learned something more. And I have been using that for all my life. What are these uh, stars here? Those are fröbel stars, and uh, those are origami stars out of paper. And uh, very popular in Europe, in Germany, people always do some paper folding for the holidays. And I have a couple different stars here that I'm offering for sale. All right. Is there like a message you have with your work or is it just because you love it? I have a message that it's good to do things with by hand, use our hands and not just thinking or sitting behind the TV or screen all the time. And I think it actually helps kids who learn how to knit to think in 3D. And I'm a retired high school teacher and I often found that kids had problems with that. So there are a lot of good reasons to do that and to have fun and to enjoy and enjoy the creation when you're done. You look at it and think, wow, this came out pretty good, you know. So, Well, is there anything you would like our audience to hear before I end this interview? Don't get frustrated if you try some of those things like crocheting or knitting. It takes time, you know. I've been doing that for more than for almost 60 years, so. Well, I'd like to thank you for your time and thank you for doing this interview with us. Thank you very much. Next on our walk, we talk with Gary Flynn, who will illuminate us on his sylvan statues. I'm here at the Winona Art Walk with Gary Flynn. How are you doing today, Gary? I'm good, thanks. So what are you presenting here at the Art Walk? Well, the majority of what I'm doing is uh, wood and uh, wood that I call inner lights. I also have some of my carvings, and um, I've been collecting wood for many years and um, playing with it, actually. Yes, it looks like you're building quite a few uh, lamps here. I I call them inner lights, and uh, the idea is that um, the inside of wood is uh, really mysterious, and we often don't get to look at it. We have our insides that people don't see. So part of this, um, I I find hollow wood, I carve on it, I open up openings that people can see into it, and then I um, 
uh, put them on bases with the LED lights. So uh, you just get to look at the inside of the wood as well as the outside. Well, it definitely is a, a beautiful uh, set of, I guess they wouldn't be called sculptures, but a beautiful set of art you have here. And it's I've, your message is, you know, look on the inside along the outside. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. What struggles do you have when you do this? I, I, struggles doesn't even seem to fit. Oh, yeah, it does. When I first started doing this, I would collect wood. I'd look at it and I'd say, oh, I see something in it, like a face or an animal or something. So I'd get a little carving tool and I'd, oh, I'd start to do something, but like maybe put an eye in, but I don't want to screw it up, you know. And so I had a lot of uh, non-screwed up pieces of wood. And I think the wood was laying there saying, hey, let me out, let me out. So, um, you know, I... Um, finally got to the point where uh, what I could do with the wood I was satisfied with yeah I got a mix of emotions when I see these some of these look like they could be like mystical landscapes others seem to remind me of like uh, more of a darker mystery almost sinister in some case it's really interesting seeing the vast different emotions that are portrayed here but all through the same medium yeah yeah wood and I'll, I'll show you this here so this is what I, uh, the other thing I do beside lights is uh, I take wood, um, I start to look, well, what's in it, you know? And majority of these have people walking on continuous paths, most of the time up through the woods, uh, past trees, um, usually ending up on top. And uh, uh, most of the time I try to make a little person on it that's waving out at us because, again, they're saying, hey, I'm out, I'm in here too, you know. Come and take a look at me. So, um, and then I've been combining the carvings that I do mainly with butternut with my inner lights, and here's another example of that. Um, you know, this here again has got people walking up little stairways, through pathways, uh, continuing on up to the top. But these, I get to light the inside of them to show the inner lights also. Here's another example. Wow, these are amazing. Uh, b well, before I end this interview, is there anything you'd like our audience to hear? No, I think I said it all. Thank you. The next artist on our trip is Mary Singer, with a watercolor window into the beauty of Winona. I'm here with local artist Mary Singer. How are you doing today, Mary? Good, good. So what are you presenting for the Art Walk? Well, I have my uh, a variety of my original work and also some prints of my work and some information. I do commissions for people. And uh, sometimes I work from photos that people bring me. So I have a, a, an example, a photo of, it's a very old photo of my mother and then a photo of the painting I did from that. Your paintings, are they all like nature-based or is there an ongoing theme between them? Uh, what, what, what inspires you with each painting? Oh, we live in one of the most beautiful areas anywhere. I've traveled pretty much around the United States and this is such a beautiful area that we live in that I never get tired of the nature. All right, well, what what do you say are some struggles you have when producing your art? Struggles? Well, 
especially over the last few years, of course, it's been hard to uh, reach. I used to do a lot of shows. There haven't been that many shows going on. This is the first show we've had here in a couple of years. So um, that makes it a little harder. And I advertise on Facebook, but it doesn't always, you know, reach a lot of people either, especially in this era where it's been slow. Sales have been slow overall. Um, How long have you been doing art? I've been doing art my whole life. One of my earliest memories was with a pencil and paper and drawing. And my family, you know, admired it. And I just have always, it's what God gave me, that talent, so. Well, it's definitely a talent to be had. I I can see your paintings on the wall, and I'm, I'm getting a better look at them. And there's amazing images. Like, some of them I can mistake for being photographs almost. Yeah, it's, I've had that before. I've had that before. All right, well, before I end this interview, uh, was there a, would there be anything you want our audience to know? Anything that you would want to reach out with them about? Well, we do have a, a vast amount of really excellent artists in this area. I don't think people realize. I mean, everything from sculpture to to paintings to teaching to, you know, uh, we just have a a lot of very excellent artists around here. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Up next, we have Ken McCullough with a form of art you don't see, but hear and read. I'm here with local artist Ken McCullough. How are you doing today? Good. Good. So what are you presenting for the Art Walk? Well, books. Uh, Mostly books of my own poetry, a couple of books of translations from the Cambodian language, and uh, one translation of my work into Spanish, and an anthology of poems written by the Three Poets Laureate of uh, Winona. Who are they? Well, Emilio de Grazia, James Armstrong, and myself. And um, there was one associate poet laureate, uh, Nicole Ramsey. I don't know, did you know her by any chance? I do not. Young woman, quite lively. Uh, Unfortunately, she left and moved to Alaska and is doing well up there. Well, is there a common theme among your poems or maybe some imagery or something that would kind of connect with them all? Yeah, I I would say that uh, most of it has to to do with nature. There are people in the poems, and sometimes they're problematic. Uh, And I guess the other element in common is that I was adopted into the uh, Lakota Nation, and so a lot of my work has to do with that culture. Sometimes not directly, but it kind of, it's a big influence on the way, I think. Well, who are the Laco- uh, Lakota? Excuse me. The, it, it's one of the, the branches of the, there's the Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota. And within those different groups, there are other subdivisions. But it was a, a group that were woodland Indians, and they were pushed west and became Plains Indians. So usually... The Lakota, otherwise known as the Sioux, and the Northern Cheyenne are probably the 
the two main groups of Plains Indians that you hear about, the sort of the stereotype. Well, uh, what would you say are some struggles when you write your poetry? Is there anything that really just holds you back when you're trying to write this, uh, these stories? I guess at this point, even though I, I'm not working a regular job, it's finding the time to sit down and do it. Because I, I have a backlog right now of, I would say, 10 fairly involved stories that I need to get done. Uh, the poems, they just happen. They come out when they're ready. And sometimes, you know, a, a very long, complex poem I'm, I may write in one sitting. And I remember another time, a six-line poem. The last line isn't right. This is something I wrote in 1968. And I've probably written, I don't know, 500 last lines and I'm still waiting. <laughs> so, you know, you run into those kinds of things. You know, it is interesting. Most of the people here are using the visual arts to convey their thoughts or their feelings or, what, or whatever else. But you chose the written work. Do you feel there's like a, uh, kind of like a barrier between what we would see with our eyes and what we read in the symbols of letters? I don't think so, because I think that poets, as opposed to novelists and short story writers. I think poets think in terms of fixed images. And, you know, if you put a frame around something and you move around within the frame looking at parts of it, uh, when you're editing photographs, you do that. And I think poets do the same thing. You know, the, your eye is tuned to that. And I really wasn't aware of that until I took a cinematography course. And, you know, the, the joke is you see, you see cinematographers walking around, you know, doing that. But you actually do that, you know, when you do cinematography. And so it, it was an important uh, step for me to, to really isolate images in, in that kind of way. Right, right. Well, before I end this interview, would there be anything you want our audience to hear? Well, I would say you, were, you, were, you mentioned that most of the people here are visual artists. I would say, I know that when I first started writing poetry, I thought, well, poetry is the highest form of writing. And I, the chair of the department, when I was in, he said, you're going to be teaching article writing next semester. And I said... I can't teach article writing. I don't consider that writing, you know. So, you know, I had some things to learn. And since then, you know, whatever comes up, whatever it may be, a libretto for, a, you know, an opera, uh, an article, a book review, whatever, I'll, uh, if, if it's something that I think I can handle, even though it might be, uh, a little bit out of my realm, I'll, I'll, I'll take it on. And I would say, I would encourage artists, whatever form they're working in, to, to tackle other things, you know, that, that sometimes are outside their comfort zone, uh, because it all goes into the, the same place, and it can't help but expand you know, who you are and what you're doing. Right, I'd like to thank you for doing this interview with us.
quite welcome. You're a good interviewer. Up next, we have Mickey Maslowski with a solid eye for ceramics. I'm here with local artist Mickey Maslowski. How are you doing today, Mickey? I'm doing well, thank you. So what are you presenting for the Art Walk? I'm presenting my pottery. I make a stoneware pottery that is mainly functional. I want people to be able to have everyday use of the, of the work. So, yeah. Uh, what is stoneware pottery? What's different from that in, say, clay? Um, well, it's made of clay, but it's a, a clay body that you fire to a higher temperature than, for example, earthenware. All right, then. Well, what, what inspired you to use that as a medium? What, why did you choose that? It's messy, for one, and I didn't deal with messiness for a long time, and I just enjoyed that part of it when I first got involved with clay. Is there like a certain art style you're trying to mimic, or like is it is there like a certain time period that you're trying to make with this art? Or that's a good question. Not really. Um, I pretty much make things that I would like to have in my own house or that I would like to use, or that I enjoy looking at myself. Um, so very self-centered that way, but um, also appeals to a market. There's folks that enjoy using my work. Right, right. Like you said, everything here has both uh, utility while also being very aesthetically pleasing. I also noticed that you have a certain uh, color scheme, almost like a red, green, and blue. Is that intentional? Um, that is my preferred palette. I um, do have a connection to the earth and to earth colors and to things that are um, designs and decorative motifs that are representative of the created natural world. So you'll see animals in part of my work, and then the colors are also reflective of colors you'd see outside. Right, right. I can see that with uh, the polar bears here. Those aren't polar bears, are they? They are. Okay. <laughs> Right, perfect. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's all the questions I have. Before I end this interview, would there be anything you'd like our audience to hear? Well, one of the things I was thinking about when I understood that you might be asking me about my work is that my art form as uh, three-dimensional and also having so many steps involved. If anybody has done ceramics work or, or um, sculptural work, they understand they have a concept in their mind. But there's so many steps in the process, and you really have to keep that concept in your mind. You don't get to see it in front of you as a painter, for example, does. It's almost in some ways like photography in that regard, because a photograph doesn't really develop until it's gone through a number of processes. But um, yeah, so there's, there's always a surprise, and when I open the kiln, I never know if what I did is going to be what I intended. So. Well, when it's not, what happens to it? Um, we call it something else. <laughs> no, we, we can still move it, but um, uh, I have to be open to uh, the pots being what they choose to be. Right, that's very fitting with the idea of Earth. You're, you know, what you work with may not be what you expect it to turn out to, but you kind of have to live with it. Correct, yep. All right, well, I want to thank you for doing this interview with us. Good questions. Thank you for asking. Next on the Winona Art Walk is Patsy King, with a collection of traditional, but no less breathtaking, art. I'm here with local artist Patsy King. How are you doing today, Patsy? I'm doing fairly well. Thank you very much. <laughs> so what are you presenting here at the Art Walk? I do acrylic paintings, and I have a few magnets that I did on there, too. And these are my... Anyway, I, I have a regular job, so I don't have to, I can't work on them as much as other people, so I 
don't have as much experience as these other people here that are at the show. So, but I um, like to do a lot of wildlife, but sometimes I let my imagination go. I imagine what I want to see in my head. Then if I have a certain thing that I want, for example, like that one with the bighorn sheep, my husband and I, we like to go out camping and we went out west and I saw that tree. I really liked that tree. And I so I designed everything around to go around the tree. So we saw a lot of bighorn sheep, so I said, oh, I'll put the bighorn sheep in to go with the tree. But the tree was the first thing. See, it's not always the um, thing that you see first. You know, like even the one on the the cat down below. The background is from Devil's Lake. So the, the cats were put in to an image that I thought was cool from Devil's Lake. Besides the lack of time, what other struggles would you have when you're creating your art? Mostly it's the lack of time. Because, I mean, I just, I work 10-hour days, Monday through Thursday. And then I have a husband who wants to play when it's sunny, so I can only paint when it's crappy. <laughs> and I have a dog and a cat, so that's why I use I do acrylic, because of the hair that's all over the place. So, And acrylic dries really quick versus oil, which takes a day or two. Right, right. And you, you talk about how most of these are based in nature. They seem to be very grounded. I see this one image here that's showing like skyscrapers and birds, and it really draws me in. How often do you really let your imagination run wild? Well, right, right now I'm doing these set paintings. I don't have any of them here because I don't have them all done. There's going to be six of them. They're little eight by tens. And then like the ones that I'm working on, one side's real and then the other side... It's like I take the painting, cut it in half. It's like waterfall kind of separates it. And then on the other side of the waterfall, it's fantasy on one side, and then the other side is reality kind of thing. So that's what I'm working on right now. So your things are just all over the place. They could be anything. They're not grounded to, like, one repetitive idea. It's like whatever happens, happens, and I want different things to happen. Well, I try to get different points of view, too. Like, for example, um, that one there, I've never seen anyone doing a painting where you're under the water looking up through the water. So the turtle one. So that's what I did there. And then the one on the bottom, the year was raining all the time and it was depressing. So I thought I would do a painting where uh, raining all the time didn't look so depressing. <laughs> And then, the, like I said, and the pelican one in the storm, it's because pelicans always look like a stormy kind of bird to me, so that's why I did that. So that I have uh, an image or something that I have in my head, and I see it, and then I go and find, do what I think will fit what I'm trying to portray. Right, and it seems like a good, a good um, I guess a pattern that I could see is if it hasn't been done before, you do it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying. And um, and I, I just, I guess I'm trying to show um, some kind of a, a motion or movement in paintings where it's like animals, so it doesn't look so much like a still, you know, like a photograph, just du duped, you know? So then I, I kind of throw 
whatever, served a little bit of um, fantasy kind of into it a little bit. All right. Well, before I end this interview, is there anything you'd like our audience to hear? Just that if you enjoy doing something, that you should do it, even if you work 10-hour days. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you for doing this interview with us. Thank you. Thanks to the several artists that joined us for part one of this episode of Artbeat. To hear more about the Winona Art Walk, go to www.winonaartwalk.org. For more conversations on art, tune into Artbeat, Tuesdays at 1230, right here at 89.5 KQAL. I'm Giovanni Bermudez. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org.